All right, welcome to Demon Road Diaries. We figured we're going to be a little more professional now. We're changing things up. We're doing an opening as opposed to just sliding into the uh, the meat and potatoes. You're getting a, an appetizer, uh, uh, some whores divorce. So welcome to the beginning of episode 11 of Demon Road Diaries. I am your Music City Messiah, Caden Green. I am your bastard son, Ronnie Rios. I am your necessary evil, Chelsea Durden. All right. So a couple things we wanted to touch on beforehand, like a couple uh, a little housekeeping, if you will. Apparently, that's what this is called. Um, so a few episodes back, we were talking about, I think it was the episode with Danny. We were talking about like roll ups and like weird, like, like wrestling moves. And we were talking about a roll up we couldn't figure out the name of and friend of the show, fiance of the Chelsea, Samson reached out to me and he said, it's called the La Monstra Cradle. Am I pronouncing that right? It's like Mahistra Cradle, I, be- I-, I believe. I could be totally butchering that. He, well, I wrote down what he, he texted me or, or uh, Instagrammed me. It was La Magistral but it, I think it's called pronounced La Monstra Cradle. So that's, that's uh, a little... yeah, no. I don't know if anybody can pronounce it. Please reach out to the show, and we will address this again. <laughs> yes, that'll be in next episode. We will housekeeping. Our housekeeping. 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 Help us pronounce this move. Someone just help us. Um, other than that, um, so wrestling obviously for the independent level is still on hold, but wrestling on TV is not. Um, are you guys keeping up with the, uh, with the product at all? Brother. Brother. That, that money in the bank match was every conversation I've ever had with you in a car. Yes. <laughs> they bugged the road trip, brother. The call is coming from inside the car. It was just every dumb joke and dumb idea. Just like they did it. They fucking yeah. actually did it. Are we like, forgetting that Baron Corbin murdered two human beings to attempt okay to win the that. money in the bank? And we're just okay with it. We're just letting that happen. Yeah, like that's wrestling. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to do a little bit of murder. I'm just glad that like the things they're talking about are the stuff that people would have shit on six months ago. Like people. We're so hardcore on this, like, anti, like, unique wrestling. Like, it was like, oh, I just want to see, like, a really cool match and all this other stuff. But now they're like, oh, I kind of wish that the women's match just ended because Asuka went straight up the elevator and no one else was smart enough to do that. I just, I thought, like, just, like, everything about it was so much fun. Like, my favorite reaction gift now for the rest of my life was Alistair Black's face when um, they threw food at Paul Heyman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he hit him with the, he hit him with the, this is your father's penis gif reaction. I was (laughs) really hoping you didn't say that, but he did. (laughs) I think my favorite part in it was when AJ and Brian were brought into Vince's office. And, uh, and, oh, uh, when they were like, "Oh gosh, so sorry, Dad," and you yeah. know, put his uh, <laughs> put, put the, the office back. back together. I would have, I would have popped so hard if after they left, 
Uh, by the way, I wish I know he says leave. I wish he had been like, "This is me being a wrestling nerd." I wish he had been like, "Damn it, leave!" Because that was what he said to mankind when he was yeah. in the hospital. He's like, "Damn it, leave!" And I wish he had just said, "Damn it, leave!" And then when they get out, he goes, "Who the hell was that?" <laughs> so yeah, that has been fun. I've been listening to a lot of wrestling podcasts lately, and I um, like. Most notably, I've been listening to the Major Brothers podcast, and I think I want to collect all of the Hasbros of my trainers. Is that a weird oh, thing? Right? No, because I'm kind of trying to do that myself. Well, I mean, I don't know that that doesn't make it weird just because I'm trying to do it, but um, want, like, well, yeah, some of these girls are expensive. Now, when you say collect all the Hasbros of your trainers, by the way, funny you mentioned that. I tried to do that for you once. I bought a Brian Knobs Hasbro off of some dude because I was like, oh, Aaron would like this. Yeah. And uh, then he like refunded my money because he was like, oh, hey, bro, I didn't know you lived in America. I'm not doing international shipping. And he just funded me back my money. Oh, shit. That's sad. Like, like, yeah. yeah those are, so, uh, like, so come to find out, obviously, like, I did a little hunting online. And um, because my two trainers, uh, like throughout my time frame was one, the first one was Skinner and then Brian Knobs, both of which had Hasbros. That was Skinner's only action figure ever. So like I've been looking and I found one on card, but it's like UK release or like Japanese release or some shit like that. And I'm like, I, I kind of want the American release on card. And like, I mean, granted the toy is probably close, closing in on 30 years old. So I know finding a good one on card will probably cost me like a hundred bucks, but like, I don't know. I may just get like a loose one. And also knobs came as a two pack, obviously with stags. So that might be the case, but, um, I, uh, I was at, uh, what's it called? Um, five below today. And they had a fistful of the Zack Ryder, Oh, hell yeah. Retros Retro that look like knockoff Hasbros. So I picked up two of those because that was like an obvious need to get thing. But yeah, so that's my new thing. Like I want to find those two. So if anyone out there has a uh, Brian Knobs and or Skinner Hasbro, like loot, I don't care. If you want to give it to me, I will send you like, I don't know, some cool Coda merch or like some beard oil or something cool to to make up for it. So slide in our DMs for that weird shit. Uh, speaking of merch, Chelsea, you just opened your, your PWT. I did. Baby's first pro wrestling tees.com store. It finally happened. Pro wrestling tees.com slash Chelsea Durden. I have my uh, original shirt design up there that I've had forever that's based on the uh, my Doomsday Clock back tattoo. And then I have a new one that's based off of my uh, Fenrir the God Killer uh, tattoo on my other shoulder. So uh, you can pick those up if you want. Pretty cool. Help pay you girls electric bill. Yeah. You know. Gotta pay them bills. Gotta pay them bills. Dollar, dollar. Uh, so speaking of pro wrestling tees, we had a contest sort of thing going on you may have heard it at the end of uh last last week's episode you may have not but uh we were giving away these weird exclusive coda dog tags 
to anybody who purchased a shirt on our pro wrestling tees. Well, anyone who bought a Demon Road Diary shirt on our pro wrestling tees, I have a few of them left. So I figure um, not everyone has 20 plus dollars to spend on a t-shirt. So if you have been, uh, if you see our new episode when we share it on Wednesday, which should be either today when you're listening to this, future, people of the future, or, you know, whenever. But we're going to share it. We'll share it on Wednesday morning when it, the episode drops. Share the post. Tag us in it. And uh, we'll pick two people from the Facebook. And we will uh, reach out to you and send you uh, some of these uh, exclusive coded dog tags. Because, like, you know, that's something different, I guess. Um other than that, what are you guys doing social media presence for life? Are you guys doing anything fun lately? Um, I'm mostly just posting the chronicles of the um, newborn kittens that my friend found in her backyard and bequeathed to me because she doesn't really know a lot about cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sent me a picture. She's like, hey, look what I found. It was like these microscopic little nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been raising them for about a month now, and they're perfect and fantastic in every way. So if you're having a bad day, head to my Instagram at Durden Says and follow the uh, the chronicles of the Avengers because I named them after the uh, six original um, MCU Avengers. Yeah. Uh, as for me, uh, I had a third episode of It's Food planned, but it kind of fell through. So kind of think of some other ideas maybe to do for that while I'm still here. Perfect. It's food. It's food. Uh, other than that, um, man, I've just been like, I've just been playing a lot of video games and trying to do as much home working out as possible because unlike the rest of our peers, I'm not too keen on going back to the gym anytime soon. Felt. So. I, I mean, gyms open up Monday or like opened up monday if you're listening to this podcast it opened up on monday um yeah i like i was at a point where i was going to the gym like four or five days a week and now it's like i have a really heavy work job like my my shoot job right now uh i'm constantly on the move and i'm always lifting heavy shit so i'm kind of getting a workout plus i'm barely eating while i'm doing it so like in a weird sense, yeah, it doesn't sound very healthy. Yeah. No, God, no. Like, but do you want? Especially for your guys? body type, you have to eat a lot more than I do. Yeah, because uh, I burn stupid amounts of calories. But like, um, it's hard to eat one-handed foods uh, or anything but one-handed foods. But I don't know, whatever. So like, I was thinking like maybe Friday, um, I may try to see what the gym looks like. And if it looks bad, I'll just go somewhere else or go home. I don't know. But um, yeah, so that's going to be an adventure. But uh, social media wise, I dropped a new Katie video. So I don't know if, uh, if any of our listeners have uh, have seen the original, what was, supposed to, what was kind of the original Katie video that led into our... Uh, our promo for the Mighty Morphin Gothic Rangers versus the coronavirus match. <laughs> Which will never see the light of day. <laughs> Which will never see the light of day. Literally uh, never. And if it ever gets leaked, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow up the internet. 
You heard it yeah. here. Heard it here first. But I made a new Katie video where uh, Katie is doing uh, um, cameos. So uh, if you're into watching stupid shit, you can find that on my uh, my Twitter machine uh, at Music City KG or my Instagram uh, Music City Messiah. So that's kind of fun. I feel like there was other things I wanted to talk about, and I can't put my finger on it. I know I've written down all the things: the La Monstra Cradle, the dog tags, Katie video. Any other news? You guys got any other news you want? Uh, no. I mean, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I thought you're about to do a. Big, I thought you were gonna do a big cameo. No, I am. Um, no, man, I've just been sitting in Boca Raton, perfecting my selfie game and uh, playing Captain Turo Treasure Tracker. So. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we play co-op and uh, we, we die a lot, but, you know, we make it work. I we got- do what we can. I got this Lego DC Villains game for my son to play, and I have put some hours in that bitch. (laughs) It's fucking dumb. You're literally like the bad guys from Batman, but Lego versions running around. It was like 16 bucks at Walmart, and I was like, oh, my son will love this. And he's like, I don't get it, because I'm five, and I can't read. I'm like, this is a bad idea. So, yeah, that's cool. Brother, I uh, before I was playing Tapped and Toad, I was playing um, fucking uh, Let's Go Pikachu. Yeah. And yeah. I forget just like in some like the satisfying the satis the satisfaction of walking into Blaine's gym with like a level fifty Blastoise <laughs> and just 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 massacre just sheer massacre. <laughs> That's what it's really about, though. It's just putting in that Pokemon work because. You just got to put hours in the lab, dog. Up in the lab, trying to, with a pen and a pad, whatever else uh, Dr. Dre said. Who said that? Snoop Dogg? Eminem? Hours back to the lab again was um, Eminem, but uh, I don't know who talked about putting hours in the lab. That's honestly um, something I heard from um, people who enter fighting game tournaments. Yeah. So I have uh, no idea what it originated from. I, I, I heard that from Kofi Kingston whenever he would talk about playing Madden. He would just be like, <laughs> you not spend enough lab. hours in the lab. I explained to my mother what gang gang means today because it's what I named our family group chat. And um, <laughs> so my mom was like, hey, what does gang gang mean? Um and it, me and my brother spent the next 45 minutes explaining to my parents um, various colloquialisms. I don't know why, but the sentence I explained to my mother today what gang gang means is the most Boca Raton thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's pretty up there. Oh, Lord. All right. So we got some special guests today. We got the main state posse, two beautiful boys. You've probably heard of them. We talk about them a lot. We've constantly got crushes on them. Uh, and this was a really fun chat. So, Aaron, anything you want to say before we uh, hand it off to the interview? Nah, sounds like uh, that seems smooth. So enjoy our time talking about uh, 
the punk rock scene, how it connects to pro wrestling, um, being a, a Twitter thought. Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, Insta thought, Twitter thought. Yeah, uh, and how that may be the, the new route to molding your pro wrestling career. Uh, and quite a few other things. It's a really fun listen. Um, so please share the episode with everyone you know. And uh, also, if you are looking to advertise on the pod, shoot us a message at wearethecoda at gmail.com. And uh, we will talk about possibly looking, because we're always looking for sponsors, preferably ones that make sense to our listeners. So, I mean, I don't want to sell boner pills, but I will sell boner pills. And on that note. And on that note, the Main State Posse. Main State Posse. Welcome to Demon Road Diaries. It is your favorite demons. We are back for another episode. Number 11, I think. Yes, it's 11. All right. Um, And this time, you've probably heard of them. Because we talk about them on every fucking episode. Like... All of all the episodes, at least Basically. all the episodes, most of the episodes. Anyway, to give you our voices, I am your Music City Messiah, Caden Green. I'm your bastard son, Ronnie Rios. I am your necessary evil, Chelsea Durden. All right, and our special guests are the 22-time Wrestle Crush Wednesday champions. <laughs> <laughs> they are Main State Posse. We we somehow managed to convince them to come on the podcast. Um, We actually sent sent them edible arrangements, uh, lots of fruit, lots of chocolate. It's true, Uh, and it worked. Yeah, I'm really glad it was. You guys were super into it. The 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 chocolate roses were chef's kiss. (laughs) The way to the main state posse's heart is through their stomach. Yes. Uh, you guys want to introduce yourself so the listeners know who, whose voice is who? Yes. I Go am for it, Raj. Uh, I'm Danny, otherwise known as Danger Kid. Uh, you know, we got my real name, my fake name there. Okay, you went real name, fake name, so I, I guess I'll know. Um, you know what, Raj? I'm going to go that route, too. You know, I am Jossie. Otherwise known as Aiden Agro, otherwise known as C by Rachel Bay, otherwise known as the notorious MOC, notorious man of color, otherwise known as the Cartwheel King, otherwise known as the Pine Prince. Is that enough? Am I good? I got it. Guys, gold, gold, plenty. I don't have There's any. There's Trap King. I'm sorry. I'm the yeah. That's that's true too. And uh, AKA Avatar of Wrestling Twitter After Dark. Good. I feel like wrestling Twitter after dark yes, was like dead for like we did it. seven, we did it, seven guys. years. It was dead. I'm proud right? of you. Oh, yeah. And then like <laughs> out of nowhere, you literally brought back wrestling Twitter after dark. I, I don't know if you understand this, Aaron, but quarantine got a lot of people horny yeah, on the timeline. A lot of people the horny. The timeline is wilding right now. Like, <laughs> I've seen no, but like, no, but it's, seen... Calm, it's calmed down, but like that first week or two, oh, man. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh man! People oh yeah! <laughs> no, I, I I legit just had friends like texting me late late hours of the night like, "Yo, people are getting naked." I'm like, "All right, time to pull up." <laughs> 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 oh, 
Well, speaking of getting naked for fun, uh, so what brought you two into the wacky world of professional wrestling? Whoever wants to start about their your journey into this bullshit. Oh, we've talked about it plenty of times, and it starts with Jossie, so I'll let him take it away. Okay. Um, so bas- basically, this all started with me getting and um, I realized uh, WWE Monday Night Raw was on there. I figured I'd check it out. This is, I'm, mind you, I'm 25 at this point. I've been a struggling musician for about 12 years, really just trying to find my niche in life. And uh, so I got me a Hulu account and started watching some WWE Monday Night Raw. I was like, do I still like wrestling? And I watched Raw and I was like, holy shit, I love wrestling still. This is after about, you know, probably like a, a decade of a hiatus away from like being a fan of professional wrestling. Anyway, so in the same moment that I'm watching Raw on Hulu, I realize, oh shit, like if I want to do this, there's literally never going to be another opportunity. I need to try to figure out a way to do so now. So I scoured Facebook looking for any local independent I possibly could that uh, did, did training. And I ended up finding one literally five minutes from where I lived. And they did uh, training sessions um, right before they would uh, host their shows. So I got a hold of the promoter who was also the trainer. And I set up to do my first training session. And I went there and then did my first session. And we were going out uh, on a break or whatever to start getting ready for the actual show. And the fans started lining up outside the door. This was in like a bed, uh, like a banquet hall at a restaurant, like a local restaurant. And um, I go out and the fans started lining up. And who do I see? None other but uh, Danny in line with one of our other buddies, like mutual friends. And I'm like, what are you doing here, dude? And he's like, I'm here to watch the wrestling show. What are you doing here? And I said, I just trained and it was awesome. And like, I'm super stoked about doing it. And he was like, wait, you can train here. I'm so in. And he was literally at the next training session. My second training session was his first training session. That's in a nutshell, exactly how it like, started holy yeah. shit that is some edging christian shit right there yeah. <laughs> and like it really is i'm like me getting to that show as a fan i also had a lull of like eight years where i just wasn't watching wrestling and like uh my i kind of like started watching it again getting back into it and then i was like i wonder if like there's anything local or anything or maybe i saw like a flyer or something for the show Either way, I found out about the show, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm going to go check it out. And so, I don't know. Like, we both went, like, a huge chunk of time, like, just not being wrestling fans. And then we both ended up at that one show, and it's just, like, so meant to be. It's, like, kind of insane. And then, Danny, oh, sorry, Danny, you were in bands before wrestling, too? Yeah, yeah, that's how we originally met each other. Yeah, we we met each other through music and then found that we had a mutual interest in wrestling in this interaction where I had first started training and he was attending a local independent show. Yeah, 
That's it, the wrestling and like hardcore punk rock, like music scene intertwined so much now. It's like absolutely ridiculous. Um, oh, 100%. I, I bump into dudes at some of the shows that we wrestle on or like even fest that like, I'm like, dude, I haven't seen you in 20 years. What have you been doing? And like, oh yeah, man, I stopped playing music in life. But yeah, I thought this wrestling show would be fun to come hang out at. Like, yeah, um, that's, that's legit happened to me personally, like three or four times I've seen people at wrestling shows, like I'm, <laughs> I'm the wrestler and they're a fan. And these are people that like, when my band would be on tour, I would play with these guys that are in these bands and yeah. like seeing them outside of the music scene just was just like mind blowing and super cool. Cause there's, there's a lot of people like even in music, um, when we were on the road, I, you know, you know, you, you gain, you, you build relationships with, you get, you know, some attachment with, you have, you level out, have some, you know, um, you know, just pe- people that you really connect with uh, in general and seeing them outside of the scene that you see them in initially is just really cool sometimes. Yeah. yeah. We've kind of got a reverse story of that. A couple months ago, like, I'm, like, you know how Time Hop pops up, like, flyers and shit of shows that you, like, share? So I found one that popped up, and I was like, my buddy Tom shares this flyer. And I go, fuck, I forgot I opened that show. And then, like, moments later, Rios comments on my comment, and he goes, oh, fuck, I was there at that show. Like, we met three years ago, but apparently we've been, like intermingling throughout life for the last like 10 plus fucking years that's so cool yeah world that's the wildest thing was like i i remember just like when i met aaron and then like he like told me his story and like i went on facebook and i added him and i saw that we had like 40 45 mutual friends and i'm just like how the fuck have i never met this dude Like, just literally never crossed paths until now. But what's funny is you mentioned about meeting people from the music scene. I kind of had, like, an opposite thing where I came up in a real, like, you know, I, I, I missed my, my, my hardcore band days. But, like, there was a lot of toxicity in my scene. And um, so, like, a lot of dudes who, like, tried to act like tough guys and a lot of dudes who, like, literally tried to beat the shit out of me and, like, you know do real untoward shit to me and then i'll be on wrestling shows and they're just fans sitting in the crowd and they'll see me and they'll come up to me and be like i'm so proud of you man like you're fucking killing it and in the back of my mind it goes am i killing it like or are you really proud of me or because like i remember when you used to call me gay slurs and uh you know try to fight me so because you thought my band sucked or whatever dude i feel that no i I feel that deeply on, on multiple levels, and I'll tell you why. Um, there's there's a significant like number of people that I'm sure, uh, Danny, you can you can agree with me here. Um, people that we we interacted with uh, during like our like musician days that. I, at least for me, I never would have figured would have given me the time of day because like these people were in like prominent bands in our area, like really popular bands, bands that were like getting out there, starting to tour, yada yada yada, and like 
seeing these people now like attending wrestling shows and be like dude you guys are fucking awesome you guys are fucking like doing good shit like you're doing good shit for the state blah 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 and like it, it, it really takes a lot for me to even believe that like these same people that you know i looked up to on like at least in the music aspect of things like almost looking up to us in the wrestling aspect of yeah. things and like i leg- i legitimately still like refuse to believe it just because it's 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 a weird feeling and <clears throat> danny your neighbor is prime example of yeah. one of those people 100% he was like my neighbor now like we're tight but back in the day when we were both playing in bands and stuff, uh, he, he was in a lot of like, like real like uh, metal bands. And like, I don't know, how would you describe his music? Like, oh, OK, OK. Almost like quick, doom, thrash, quick, like eggshell, like, quick eggshell backstory uh, or rather nutshell backstory of who Danny's neighbor is. Danny's neighbor is probably one of the best guitar players in the state of Maine right now and has been for the better part of the decade or longer. Like this guy, it, this, this guy shreds. He's fantastic. Um, our local promotion, Limitless Wrestling, he has actually been a guest guitar player for like a few of the shows. And oh, like, cool. he, he's just, he's just, he really, he really helps out in the local independent wrestling scene in Maine now and he was one of those guys that like i always really looked up to in the music scene just because he is an absolute guitar god literally and this is danny's current next door neighbor and this is somebody that like i I just never believed like even gave a shit about who i was or anything because he probably thought my band sucked you know and now having having that kind of connection with somebody like that to me it means a lot just because it shows that he, he, regardless of what you what you believe, like in earlier years, that like not everybody is what you make them out to be. Basically, if I had moved in next door to him like seven years ago, I think he probably would have been like rolling his eyes and been like, uh. But like, we realized that we lived right next to each other, and it was like, oh, okay, dope. Like, and you know, I'll help him out with stuff. He'll help me out with stuff, and like we're we're tight and everything and it just would not have been the same back in the music days basically oh yeah so, it's kind of cool like garnering that respect without even really like you know we're just doing our own thing and that's literally it and so that's pretty cool honestly definitely so um when you guys first started out because you basically started together right was it always yeah. kind of in your mind to form a tag team like or did you guys just look at each other one day down the line and you're like let's tag pretty yeah, much let's yeah. tag. it just was a no-brainer i think for both of us really you know i think we were both in the position of understanding that at least for main based wrestlers we were the two guys that had aspirations to get out of the state and i don't think that was something that was really a thing or i don't know since the last person you know trying to wrestle out of maine did anything but we were kind of like the new wave of people that out, out of maine that wanted to actually do something other than just wrestling Maine. I think mm-hmm. prior to that, what it was probably uh, Ace Romero being the most yeah. recent guy. 
Yeah. So we're there. We're we're few and far between for the people, you know, wrestlers based out of Maine that actually care to do something outside of Maine. Yeah, and when you yeah, guys. Exactly. Oh, sorry, I'm on. Um, you guys came down to Fest a few times now, so like you guys have literally driven the whole damn coast um, down here. And where else have you guys been at? Um, we did we did the the big trip to Chicago back in yeah. uh, uh, November of last year for okay. freelance for wrestling. Freelance. Nah, okay. man, we were there for the Fourth of July. Oh, was where it, are you at? Oh, uh, no, no. I said November was fast. I'm, I'm fucking yeah. crazy. Don't worry yeah. about me. Yeah, so man. November what kind of planet November are you on? Uh, so, 4th of July was when we went to Chicago for freelance wrestling. Yeah. And I know that now because we stood right outside mm-hmm. in the middle of Chicago and, like, watched the fireworks. So, nice. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And someone got, like, stabbed or something in downtown during the fireworks. Yes. Yeah. yes. Chicago, yeah. Here, Classic but... Chicago. Yeah, right? Like, welcome. Like, we had just gotten there. It was crazy. Um, we've gone uh, north up over the border a couple times. We have our passports and everything. Uh, so we've done C4 up there in Ottawa. It was C- Yeah, C4 incredible. was in Ottawa. The, how, long, how long was that drive? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> it was long. See, the cool thing about Maine is that we're actually connected to Canada. Mm-hmm. So there, That's there's awful. like various routes just it, within our state where we can cross over the border into Canada without having to actually leave Maine. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a little uh, leg up that we have in regards to that, depending on where we're going in Canada. But I think the first, the first trip that we took to Canada for C4, it was like, what, not a nine, 10 hour drive? Uh, Oof, that's rough. I think it was like... I want to say it was like 15, 16 round trip, something like that. Round trip, yeah. It was yeah, it was so pretty like ridiculous. But like we hours like maybe when, if the, the thing about going up through Maine uh, over the border is no matter where in Maine you cross the border through, it's all French Canadian. Yeah. So oh. like legit, as soon as we crossed over the border, all the signs were in French. And like we had we couldn't reach shit. We got yeah. to the first we got to the first gas station and we get out of the car to gas up and immediately people are spe- like having like a conversation in French and I look at the gas pump and everything's in French. I'm like, what the fuck do we do? Is it <laughs> is it in liters? Is it in liters instead of gallons? I think it's yeah. in liters and like kilometers one, per th- hour. Oh, oh yeah. Like, that's the thing. The, the GPS, as soon as you cross over, the GPS changes, too. Uh, so, like, it, it tells you, like, everything in kilometers. And, like, it's, it's just a, a mindfuck, honestly. Like, but, I have no frame of reference for this. Honestly, no, so you, like, it, t- it took us, like, six hours or more, like, being in the state to f- realize that you had to go through a couple screens on the gas pump for it to actually give an English option so you knew how much uh, gas you were getting. Like, the main side of coming in, too, because, like, where we came in for that first trip was literally just one just one lane coming out and, you know, coming in, basically. And, like, it, it's, like, just nothing, like, leading up to the border. And it's, like, all these... The only thing that's out there is 
just these little shacks and they're not like full seasonal shacks. Like these are like summer hunting shacks. Um, but they all have like these like signs like above the doors and everything. Like they all name their shacks out there and they're like wild names too. So we'll be going by and it'll be like, Oh yep. There's hell pocket up oh, and there's uh, <laughs> fucking undertakers, whatever the fuck, like legit, like just Mainers are weird as hell. And like, that first trip up to Canada was a total trip for me. Like it was my yeah. first time out of the country, and it was just wild. It really was. We did smash up there as it's well. Ridiculous. Um, so that was super cool. Uh, Toronto's dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, we've we've definitely have logged some miles, gone around a little bit. Nice. Where are you guys looking ahead to next? Like what you know, just to see. Like, have you ever been to the West Coast? Not yet, but not be- not yet. No, that's that's it, it's a goal for sure. But like I I so we've we've started like getting more southy way, um as as of late, and that was kind of the the goal, as it were, like yeah. you know start start trying to just become known in the southern states. East, eastern southern states at least like we we got the taste of florida and like that's that's literally all we want you know and you guys kind of you guys kind of lucked out because you got the best part of florida best is literally the best part of florida wrestling yeah like yeah, uh, yeah and it's, it's an it's experience for sure fest, fest wasn't the first our uh time we had been asked to come to florida we had actually been asked um it was probably like a year or more prior that we got asked to go to uh, Ronin. Okay. And, oh, um, that's run by a friend of mine. Um. So uh, I'm not sure if you guys know who uh, Alex Chamberlain is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know who Alex Chamberlain is. <laughs> so, so okay. Here, here's a story. So Alex Chamberlain is actually an original member of the Main State Posse. Um, really? Really? <laughs> so, so the Main State Posse, we're we're like the third rendition of it. Um, it started in a local fed in Massachusetts uh, called NCW. Uh, what was it? Uh, Northeast Championship Wrestling. Is that right? I was going to see if you were going to get it or not. Okay. Okay. So, lo- local Massachusetts fed Northeast Championship Wrestling. So. Uh, original members Alexander Lee, uh, who brought us into the fold, uh, at the time teamed with Alex Chamberlain, and they were kind of building a name for themselves in Massachusetts 10, 10 or so years ago under the Banner Main State Posse. And um, that had fizzled out over time. And uh, fast forward, when Danny and I were getting into the scene, Alexander Lee had offered to bring us to this, uh, this company. And uh, he said, I did a main state posse thing when I was there before. And I'd like to bring you guys there as kind of the new main state posse. And I mean, we were, we were green and hungry and really just wanted to, you know, get our feet wet with, uh, anything outside of the state of Maine wrestling wise. Yeah. So we jumped on it and that's literally, that, that's actually how the Maine state posse thing started. But yeah, Alex Chamberlain was an original member. So we had ended up being in contact with him like here and there over, over time. 
and he had actually offered for us to go to Ronin like uh, a couple years ago. And I think it was more one of those things like we just didn't have the means at the time. We didn't really think we were ready. Um, and it just, it didn't end up working out, but yeah, that was, that was totally a thing early on for us that, uh, didn't end up working out. I mean, if you guys ever get the opportunity again, I would definitely recommend it. Ronan's a fun time. Oh no. At, at this point, like it'd be something that we'd be more than down for, you know, when the yeah. world's normal again, but like, again, it at, at, at the time, <laughs> at the time, yeah. Right. At the time it was just <laughs> something that we did. We, we didn't even think we were, we would consider being ready for just cause like, I think, I think because of music and bands, we had the understanding of networking and kind of uh, connecting with people and, um, basically knowing and understanding where we stood uh, at the time. So we knew early that like we weren't ready for certain things and certain things that we were given opportunities for, even though we may not have been ready for it, we did the best we could at the time. And, you know, realizing after the fact that, yeah, probably we weren't ready. And then a year down the road, it was like, oh shit, we definitely weren't ready for that. Now we are. So it's, it was a, a lot of learning curves for us and uh, growing. Yeah, sometimes you have to go through those growing pains, but um, it, it leaves you better coming out the other side. 100%. Absolutely. Always. That's a funny little connection just because um, where I trained, the initial promotion I trained at, uh, Alex Chamberlain was the first champion. <laughs> oh, no oh, shit. shit. Yeah, so like, there's some picture of me because they did like a thing when he when he won the belt, like as like the inaugural champion. They did like a thing because I had my first match that night, and uh, so they had a thing where they're like all baby faces to the ring, and I was like that include me, and they're like yeah. So there's some picture somewhere if I could find it of me like throwing like picking up streamers with all the baby faces in the ring as Chamberlain's like fuck yeah I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. Yeah, you should definitely he's try a, to find that. He's um, a former he's a former heavyweight champion at the uh, uh, where I train at now with Gangrel. It's a weird small world. Somehow we're all connected by Chamberlain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah weird. Right? That just shows how like small the wrestling business is, though. You know, in the grand scheme of things. True. Yeah. Everything, everything, everything seems like it's so spread out. But when you get down to it, everybody pretty much knows everybody. Yeah. Well, it's like I remember. Um, um, I also, uh, Aaron, I'll let you take this. Like your story with Carrie. Oh, Carrie Awful. Yeah, I've uh, actually met Carrie Awful when I was twenty-three years old. So, like fourteen years ago. Is that right? Is that the right math? Yeah. So, like fourteen years ago, like. I was living in that. I moved to Nashville for literally no fucking reason. Uh, I just wanted a change in life. And uh, the first thing I did, like any normal like citizen before looking for an apartment or anything, was I went to Starbucks. Um, like I literally pull into to um, to uh, uh, Franklin, Tennessee, which is the home of Paramore, the band. Obviously, that's the only reason people know about it. Um, okay. Yeah, fun fun fact. Um, and uh, stop at this this uh, Starbucks. Start typing on a computer, and Carrie Awful 
is there with like a bunch of punk rock kids. And he's like, hey man, you look like you like punk rock. I'm wearing like a comeback kid shirt. Like, yeah. He goes, you know that like so-and-so, some fucking band that one of his friends was in, was like, it's playing tonight at Rockstown, you should come out. So like literally just became friends with them right then and there. Spent a year, like we lived together for a year. Um, we spent a good amount of time like going to shows and doing like dumb 20 year old shit together. And then like <laughs> fast forward, fast forward 15 years, 10 years, some shit. I'm back in Florida and he's like, yeah, man, I'm, uh, uh, he shoots my call. Hey man, I just started training to be a professional wrestler. I'm like, yeah, I've been like, I'd been wrestling for like three years at the time. And he's like, just, uh, I just started. You think I can do this shit? I was like, yeah, man, you can do it. He goes, I don't know. This shit's really hard. I'm like, all right, <laughs> well, think about it, man. I think you got a lot of potential or whatever. Fast forward and, you know, to now. And he's like so much more talented than I would say almost everyone we know in this business. So <laughs> it's just weird, weird world. Everything connects like in its own weird ways. And I think wrestling has literally taken the punk rock scene of like, that 2000 to 2010 group and just moved it all into wrestling. Um, it really feels pretty like much. That, right? feel that. If you, um, like, so one of the regulars that comes up to fest all the time is the bassist of Anamkara. I don't know if you remember that band. They were on like face down records. They like did a bunch of uh, like those, they're like real big in the Christian hardcore scene, but not like the Bible thumper style, but their bassist goes to fest shows all the time. Okay. Yeah, so it's just wild. It's just a weird little world that, like, all these, like, hardcore dudes have decided now, like, they were all like, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just be a fucking pro wrestler. Just be a wrestler. Well, Whatever. you know, it's, it's just funny. trying to be like, hardcore with my friends, mom. That was, like, at least in the scene I was in, that was always, like, a weird thing was, like, we all, like, in that like shitty mid early twenties way, everyone kind of like ironically loved pro wrestling. Yeah. Cause you would just be like, everybody like, it was cool to wear a stone cold shirt to a show. Yeah. Or like, I remember being at parties and people would just start cutting Ric Flair promos on each other. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it became that thing of like, you quickly realized, no, everyone's not being ironic. We like genuinely love this shit. Yeah. And it's just like, all these like super tough guys you think are like super tough. It's like, yeah, but they don't actually have the balls to go do it. And I like sat there and was like, but I got the balls. I'll go fucking do it. Fuck, and... <laughs> fuck yeah. That's you know. the spirit. <laughs> That's the spirit. So, uh, um, I am curious. So then, uh, what has been like some of the experiences you guys have had that have been like probably like I was would you say like are some of your highlights in like this like journey you've been on so far? Um I would say one would be our first WrestleMania weekend or WrestleMania week experiences where we got to um we Which mania was it? New Jersey. Uh, yeah, Jersey. So not this one, but the last year. Uh, so that was that was our first WrestleMania week. So in it was only like a what like a nine hour drive for us from Main Street, New Jersey. So um, we had a couple bookings, and we um, got an in with uh, being able to 
help out at the impact show and uh we should we showed up there like dressed to the nines like in suits ties like the whole the whole nine and um, changed in a mcdonald's parking lot like three minutes around the corner you know playing the game yeah oh yeah and like we we got there and um who who do we who do we see first I can't. I can't even remember now. Danny, help me. Uh, out. Josh Matthews. Okay. Yeah. So it was Josh Matthews. So Josh. Josh Matthews was the first person that we came in contact with, and he like looked at us. And he's like, "Holy shit, you guys are like dressed really <laughs> nice for this." Like, um, okay, you do you guys mind working the door? And like that, we were totally cool with that. <laughs> and it ended up like we had to download this app, like just to be able to act like access tickets so we could scan the tickets and then like it ended up like uh matthews ended up talking to like a couple other people and they're like oh no well we can't give them the login for the app because like we don't want them to see like x y and z so they just ended up being like all right well just um here take this piece of paper and just like look at the tickets and if they're cool then like yeah just like let them in (laughs) it was like so like pretty low tech fucking bum fucks it was bad and like I remember like we we had a system going, like I think you were doing like GA and I was doing like VIPs and like front rows and stuff. And like yeah. <laughs> we, it was just like a clusterfuck and we were trying to like we kinda had a system down, but like I de- I was like, what should I do with like any cash? Because they were selling tickets at the door too. And Josh Matthews was like, just hang on to it. And like there was a point <clears> where <throat> I was like Six hundred dollars in my pocket, and I there's a like, dude just like, like sending out periodically and just like, hey, how much cash do you have? And Danny would just like give him a hundred. It never, out. it never it's... occurred to anyone to give you a cash box, or they didn't no, have one. No, they didn't have no. any. Of that. It's like so they won't trust you with the app login, but they're like, here, just it's hang on to this bucket load it, of like, cash. Like, I, have, I have no idea. So it still, it still blows my mind till this day. But uh, to bring it full circle, like it was, it, it meant a lot because after the fact, like everybody was just kind of hanging out, kind of doing fuck all, and so we we actually had an opportunity for like an hour to just kind of sit out and like chill with RVD and oh, like nice. a bunch a bunch of the other Impact guys, and it was just it was <laughs> it was a really cool like time, just like oh man, this is our first WrestleMania week, and like. We're sitting here with RVD and like fucking uh, who else was there? Rich Swan was there, like just a bunch of the Impact guys, and like we're actually just like sitting and like yeah. chilling out, just, like talking. Like it was, it was, it was a cool feeling. One of those like I don't feel like we've made it, but like we're getting there, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's one of those small steps that you've taken, and you realize you're taking it. You know, just, just you know, just going and seeing a show like that and being able to help out and everything, like. And, you know, we did have a couple bookings that week, too. So, like, just, it was a cool couple, like, four days, three, four days, however long we were down there. But very rad. Yeah, it's, um, you never really forget your first Mania week. It's always really special, no matter what you end up doing. Just, like, being around that whole, you know, wrestling Christmas environment. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I, have, I have two specific highlights from that WrestleMania weekend. Oh, with- God. Which was one I will never forget in all of my life. Dan Severn walking up to me at MLW. And I go to, you know, I'm doing the good thing. I'm like, I shake his hand, look him in the eye. And go, nice to meet you, sir, James. And he looks at me. He's just like, Dan Severn. And I'm just like, 
I took everything in my body to just not be like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I didn't think you were Steve Blackman. <laughs> like, like, um, and then the other one was, uh, you know, we, we did, we, we bounced around to a bunch of shows and I just remember, I don't know if you guys knew about this show. Did you remember like that block party thing that Billy Brash was doing in Jersey? Uh, no, okay, so you're not talking. You're not gonna talk okay. about the show that was not. Oh no, we've gone. I've I've beaten the fucking Black Craft show into death. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we already talked about that. Yeah, but, we the do need to do too. Wait, what? The ducks? Yeah. Yeah. So the match. The show we were on, Jossie. The pizza party show. Yeah. No, no, it was like it was in Jersey. It was in like Ridgefield, New Jersey, or something. Yeah. That was so the show. Pizza, pizza party wrestling was in Ridgefield Park. No, New Jersey. No, no, no. It wasn't pizza party. It was like no. Billy Brad. Oh, 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 wait. No, like, no, no. It was um, Ness. Ness put on a show. Yeah, yeah. Ness. It was at an Elks Lodge. Yeah, yeah, it was an Elks Lodge. We wrestled on that show. You wrestled on that? Yeah. We, we almost. There. We almost wrestled on that show, but we had to leave because we had to go to Blackcraft. <laughs> we tried. Dude, okay, Blackcraft no, no, no. Right okay, after. yeah, you're okay. Yes, we were on that show because we finished that. We immediately finished that show and we booked it to Blackcraft because we had a buddy that was there that said that like he could get us in. Anybody could get into Blackcraft. It was such dude, a shit apparently, show. Apparently, no, like no, I no, didn't dude. take the freaking train to New Jersey because my buddy was like, "Oh, I can't stop that." I was like, "Well, I don't know. we got there. Anyways. We got there, and literally, we got there literally at the front doors. Uh, Janelle is standing right here, and fucking, we're like trying to get in. And they're like, "Oh no, no more! Like, where you can't allow any more people in." And we're like, well, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> we're already here. Just let us in. Should have gone around and the back, brother. That back door was wide dude, open. That's exactly <laughs> what we found. And so we left. And then we got, like, our buddy finally responded to us and was like, oh, no, you guys are just supposed to go in the back door. Like, that's what everybody's doing. And we were like, well, we're already fucking 20 minutes away now. <laughs> well, the point I was trying to get to was at the Ridgefield show, I watched the, um, the Ducks and the Gymnasties and Billy Brash and Saeed Al Sabah all have this like crazy fucking match. And I just remember on the outside, like there's a bunch of people selling. And uh, at some point, um, White Mike grabs some some dude in a wheelchair and uses his wheelchair to like run over someone's fingers. And they start <laughs> yelling like they're selling their hand. And White Mike in one motion made me laugh so goddamn hard. He just turns to the guy in the in the in the, the wheelchair and he's like, high five, buddy. Turns high fives, turns around, and fuck you. <laughs> he points at the dude. <laughs> <laughs> he just That's ran a over there. Classic white Mikeism. He's yep. just like, high five, fuck you. And I'm just like, I fucking love you so much. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, we were, they asked us to be at, like, the final part of it. I guess there was, like, a Finisher Fest Mania match. Yeah. Where, like, everyone had to do, like, you know, TV fucking finishers yeah. on people to, like, get the over yeah. or something. And we're like, yeah, well, I already talked to Bill from Blackcraft, and he told us that he could use us for something. Like, it was very vague, but he was like, yeah, come out. I can use you guys for something. Yeah, so we were like, we were weighing like, okay, we could stay here and fuck around, which would be fun, or we could go get on this really big show for a promotion that we should fucking be in. 
Little did we know. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Like, wasn't there a time bad. where all where all of us fucking hardcore kids were like, "Yo, I would sell my fucking soul to be on that show." Like, we didn't know. We had no idea. But it wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like we were deluded. Like, we were in contact with the promoter. Like, no, well, he no, knew I know. us. It so, was like, yeah. So he goes, um, he goes, show up, and we'll find something for you. I, I might have something for you. And we're thinking, well, there's this badass fucking tag gauntlet. So we got our gear. We're fucking ready. We show up, like, not dressed to the nines, but just a little better than our normal, like, Hey, look, you know, if I put on long pants, I'm trying. Yeah, if I'm wearing jeans, <laughs> you're lucky. Um, and fucking, he goes, I'm like, hey, man, we're here. Uh, we got our bags. What do you need? He goes, oh, yeah, could you just bring those boxes upstairs? And then, I don't know, just hang Oh, out. no. Oh, no. I was Damn. like, that what so then that i can sucks. so that was just the first heartbreak of the night fast forward to david Starr and john morrison's four second match and me basically giving up on living at that point but but hey man it's whatever like i didn't have to pay for that show i had a fucking blast laughing at all of it and uh we it. actually it, that was the night we ran into eric cannon because we had met him a couple times at fest and we'd always been in on his ear to be like hey man bring us in the first bring us in the first and he's like okay 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 and then he sees us and he's like hey aren't you guys that tag team from florida and i'm like yeah what are you doing out here i'm like it's mania bro i'm trying to work and he was like you drove all the way from florida for this and then we were like yeah and so like it was that moment he was like oh you're serious and so he brought us in for first that summer yeah no shit that's, awesome. that's right that sucks. It was like 15 hours to Chicago where we stopped at this girl's house and there happened to be like a freelance show, I think, running that that day or some show running in Chicago. And me and Dick Danger, who was like a writing buddy for this adventure, were like, let's try to fucking get on that show. So I shoot this promoter a message and Rios the whole time is like, I just want to go to sleep. I just fucking want to go to sleep. And I'm like, fair. You go to sleep. We'll try to do wrestles. Yeah. Well, I get a hold of this promoter, and he's like, yeah, you know, if you guys show up, I can find a spot for you. It probably wasn't freelance. It was somebody else. But um, we get finally get to this girl's house after being stuck in Chicago traffic for four fucking hours. And uh, I was like, hey, man, we just got to the house. We can head out. He goes, oh, no, show's going to start in 30 minutes. You're way too far away. Uh, he's like, don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go sleep on this fucking couch and fell asleep on the world's hottest couch. But the drive, the drive was long. It sucked, but it was so much fun. when We finally got the first, like we did three shows in two days. We had a two on one against Dick danger. That was like the most over stupid fucking match of the night of the weekend. I, I got about 800 drunk Minnesota hipsters to yell. We want Dick. So, I mean, I feel accomplished. Nice. <laughs> But speaking of accomplishments, I want to know, in your in your eyes, boys, you you beautiful boys, some 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 things you might hope to achieve in terms of opponents. So we have a little segment called Wrestling Crush Wednesday, where we talk about opponents we wish we could have, whether they be reasonable, a little bit out of the a little pie in the sky, or just completely impossible because they're no longer on this mortal plane. Um, who are some wrestle crushes you uh, want to get in the ring with, do something extensive with, both a singles opponent and a tag team opponent you guys would love to work? 
Okay, so you mean aside from you as two assholes, right? Aside <laughs> from these guys. Who me? Who me? Are you talking to me? Use use tools. Use tools aside from use two guys. I get you. We have a good time, pretty boy. Um. Okay. Uh. I'll I'll start. Uh. So aside from use tools. Um. So uh, a couple a couple tag teams that have eluded us. Uh. As a result of you know contracts and whatnot, um, so the first big one would be um, LAX or Proud Powerful or um, what we we knew them to be at the time on the Independence EYFBO, um, Santana Angel Ortiz. We've we we've been chomping at the bit to wrestle those guys for so goddamn long and. There were a couple times where it was actually booked at Limitless Wrestling in Maine, and for some reason or another, it didn't pan out, and it was a super bummer because, like, when we were when we were first really getting into the tag team scene, like those were the two guys that we were really looking at the most, like for inspiration. Um, what guys had the right stuff in our area, and yeah. you know, basically, like the kind, the kind of sh- like f- focusing on people that were doing the right shit, and those those guys were really big for us early on, and wrestling them was just such a such a huge goal for us that uh, just never came to fruition. Um, but you know, we hope we we're always hopeful that it will eventually go down. When it does, we're we're gonna be fucking ready. Um, another one would be um, the butcher and the blade. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. In this, this was another um, situation of this was something that had been booked, and then due to um, I believe uh, Andy, uh, Andy's tour with Every Time I Die got extended by two weeks. Uh, and uh, like I, I don't know, I don't know if this is like insider info or like some bullshit, or not, but like that was that was literally what was uh, communicated to us was every time I die's tour got extended by two weeks, so Andy can't do the date, so we have to change your match from Butcher and the Blade to whatever it was for that show, and it was such a bummer, and like. We were just like, all right, it didn't happen this time, but like, so it's definitely going to happen like next couple shows or whatever. And then go fucking figure they get signed to AEW and <laughs> it literally got, good it, that's, that's good like them. good for, good for them. 100%. Like all the power to those guys, but I'm so pissed that we didn't get that to wrestle them before they, before they left. Um, so yeah, the. The, those those two teams, one hundred percent. And then my personal singles is going to have to be AR Fox because that's always been uh, a big dream match for me personally. Because I always felt that, like, as far as me developing as a wrestler, I always took a lot of inspiration from AR Fox, and it would just be really cool to see um, if all the things that I had taken from him, I could actually put to work against him. So, yeah, baby. That's my, that's my two Hell cents. Hell yeah. Well, what about you, Danger Kid? Solid indie ones. So I'll go uh, 
more the fantasy route for the tag team ones. Uh, I'm going to say Hardy Boys. You know, that's the team that got me into wrestling. It's probably, they're probably the team, but the reason why I'm so into being in a tag team, you know, today, um, that would obviously be probably my biggest dream match, period. You know, and I wouldn't want to have that match with anyone other than, you know, Jossie at my side. So uh, that would be stupid cool for us. Um, as far as the singles, um, that's something I don't really think about too much because I am very t- – we we're both dedicated to the tag team game, as you guys are. Um, and I feel like that's something that is, you know, kind of special. But uh, because I've been watching a lot of his shit lately, I'm going to say Roderick Strong. I love me some Roderick Strong. Uh, I want him to beat the shit out of me, and then Roddy's <laughs> him a little bit. Like ever, he loves Roddy so much. Oh yeah, he's one of my favorites. Okay, Fucking he loves all the Roddy backbreakers. My backbreakers. <laughs> you know, we're talking like they hurt. I'm into it. Um, it's funny you mentioned the Hardy Boys. Were you guys? Have you guys? Um, before the Mania 35, had you traveled to a WrestleMania just as a fan before? Never, no. I uh, I got to go to Mania 33 because it was in Orlando, so you know, pretty easy drive for me. Uh, and my uh, my brother lives in Orlando, and so we bought we got tickets together. And I remember my brother is one of those people that like he watched in the Attitude Era and then just stopped and never came back to it. It was it was never that important to him. So we're we're watching the show and he only recognizes Attitude Era guys. So he's like, "Oh, there's Goldust. And, oh, there's Mark Henry." And da da da. And, and uh, then literally, literally, the tag match is about to start. They're hanging the belts in the fucking rafters, and he turns to me and goes, "Whatever happened to the Hardy Boys?" And I'm just like, "Uh, you know, Matt's doing his own thing. They're in another company." Da da da. And then, like, I just finished my explanation, and I just hear the fucking... And I'm just like, what the fuck? Man, that is so fucking cool. That's wild. That's genuine coolness. Yeah, I got to... I I, I feel blessed, because I got to be there for that moment, and I got to be there uh, when AJ debuted at the Rumble. So I was like, Uh, oh, man, I've gotten to be there for, like, two genuinely cool. cool moments. See, AJ Styles was, like, my favorite wrestler outside of WCW and WWE. Like, my first, like, real TNA fucking, like, super fandom was AJ mm-hmm. Styles. So, him debuting at the Rumble, like, was super anticipated. I was about it. <laughs> rowdy, rowdy, bout it, bout it. About it, about it. Holy fuck. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, speaking of being about it. Uh, so I know what you're about, uh, aggro, and that's and that's and that's some body positivity. So do we call it body positivity, or do we call it thirst trapping? Positive. They're not mutually exclusive. You can do both. You can do both. I mean, I'm, po- I'm, po- I'm positive about thirst trapping. <laughs> so I want to know. I want to know. Okay. I want to know what brought you down this. Not that it's a bad path to be on. I just want to know what decided you to make you like the king of the thirst trap, the avatar of wrestling Twitter after dark. What what brought you down this this direction? So I think at the end of 2019, myself and Danny were both kind of at an impasse of 
what we were doing in regards to like social media and it was it was something that we've always been aware of and you know we always like put the shares out and promote stuff yada yada but we didn't really have like a personality so to speak on social media and um it was it was really one of those things that a lot of people had explained to us that like yo your your social media game needs to be upped in some way like i don't know how you're gonna do it but like a lot of this industry is social media and like how you use it. So um, I think I think we we just kind of started throwing shit at the wall to see what stuck, and uh, that went for like singles and tag, like so us individually as well as us as a tag, and uh, we li- literally just as we were transitioning into 2020, we really started figuring some shit out about ourselves that really worked and resonated with people on social media and uh it's just kind of gone from there and coincidentally mine has just been taking my clothes off (laughs) i mean we are a very um anti-clothing business as as is so uh, that tracks it's, it's true. Like, don't no, for real though. The thing that blows my mind about it is like I've been posting clips and pictures of myself as a wrestler with uh, minimal clothing on or my wrestling gear, and you can still see my abs. And for some reason, it does not hit the same way as me doing it in my bathroom. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's all like, about context, brother. It's just yeah. like it blows. It's it, a friend of mine. Like it blows his mind every time, and he constantly he bitches about it to me all the time. It's like I post a gif of me doing like blah blah blah. I don't know whatever. Insert ridiculous, devastating move here, and it gets like thirty likes. And I post a picture of myself flexing after working out, and it gets. 500 likes and 73 retweets like what the hell and i told it, him I was it like, literally it's context dude it does it doesn't it does not make sense to me and still to this day it does not make sense to me because yeah. exactly like what you're saying posting something like the coolest move that you have in your arsenal and a gift that just like makes it flow well it has a good rhythm to it it just looks fucking great gets fucking maybe two retweets and friggin' 30 likes and you're like dude that was fire are you kidding me and then you post a picture of you in a towel and it gets fucking 200 likes and fucking 60 retweets and it doesn't make any sense like and it's like but me in a towel is covering more of me than my wrestling gear what is this i think yep. it's, i think there's this connection where people see our wrestling gear and they think like oh that's their uniform you know it's like You're fancy if you're wearing, like, a polo and khakis. But if you're in your Target uniform, it's just like, oh, he's in his uniform. Maybe that's the... It's like, if you're... If I'm in, like... My my wrestling gear is smaller than most of my underwear. Like, but if I posted a photo in my underwear, people are going to be like, oh, what the fuck's going on with Aaron over here? Are you trying to get, like, some of that? Something, something? Some some of that wrestling Twitter after done. Trying to get that... uh, I'm just trying to get some retweets, man. Like, I posted posted a picture in my story once, and I was wearing uh, a sports bra because uh, one of my friends, uh, Fabu Andre, had a a match on AEW Dark. Um, So 
I posted a picture of myself that Rios took of me pointing at him on the TV and I'm like, yay, that's my buddy. And I was wearing a sports bra. I got like attacked about it. And this was like a very substantial, like conservative sports bra. And I'm like, my wrestling gear looks like a bikini. Like what, why am I getting attacked about my sports bra? Because you're at home, what? it's a different context. Yeah, it's wild, dude. I don't get it, but I just kind of roll the punches. Fuck uh, it. Wrestling Twitter. I've my if I my only contribution to wrestling Twitter after dark, and uh, I think I told this to Rios the other day, is going to be because I have a large container of fake blood. Because um, don't ask why, but uh, I was just going to like cover myself in fake blood and probably holding like my biggest kitchen knife and just be like. Hashtag WTAD, like, I'm doing this wrong, aren't I? Wait. Yeah, I don't uh, like at all. No. Well, maybe you WTAD. should, because this is... Well, this maybe is you should, Dinger Kid. Closing, dog. Well, like, like, I'm pretty sure I'm only, like, 18 followers away from you now. You got, like, abs and shit, like... It's <laughs> all about the what, what am I doing, you know? And I guarantee, I was, I was, like, 500 followers behind you, like two months ago and i'm like 18 from you now you're the one obsessed <laughs> over that i'm not obsessed over it i'm just trying to make maintain well, a balance that. we need a balance my guy it's not my fault that you my just dude. like knew how to do my this dude, shit like my years guy. before i did my bro. like motherfucker i'm sorry that you've been doing this shit for days i haven't yeah. mom dad stop fighting <laughs> <laughs> you guys fight I'm like, me and Rios are completely polar opposite of that, because I just got on Twitter for my, on my own, um, like, what, maybe five months ago or so, and Rios has been on Twitter for, like, I don't know, eight years or some shit, and he's got, like, I don't know, what, like, 6,000 followers? No, nah, like, 3,000. Okay, and I have, like, 12, like... <laughs> <laughs> and me, the official Coda no. Twitter, the Deep yeah, it's, it's, Twitter. It's, I'm literally like that. Like five of them. I'm like that dad who's like got like 12 friends on Facebook, and I'm like, I got a like on my photo. And <laughs> you're tweeting like, into the void. And did you get any, like, God damn did it. you get any follows off of that push-up post that you did? Though? I did. I did. I got like six yes. follows. Yes. Hell yeah. yeah they were all thirsty. <laughs> I told you. I told you. It works. It's a working system. I'm working on it. I I just like... But you guys get like normal followers and I get like creepy followers and like Saudi princes and like um, people who like want to, you know, buy pictures of my feet and stuff like that. I'm not not without my weird thirst follows that like send me weird messages and like Dude, it's been a daily thing now. I've just been being added to all these, like, thoughty, like, group chats where people are just, like, posting, like, mad weird shit. And I just, like, I never accept the group chat, but, like, I am constantly being notified that the group chat is being, like, updated. (laughs) But there's a specific, like, there's a specific reason I haven't participated in Wrestling Twitter After Dark because it's not about... Oh, I'm ashamed of my body, and or it's not like y'all are going to hell. Y'all need Jesus. Yeah, you shouldn't um, be ashamed of your body. Your body's beautiful. Thank you, brother. I know it was. I don't need you to tell me that. Um, I just want to let you know. Yeah, I already knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's more like anytime I have posted like 
suggestive, I guess you could say, material. Risque. Um, risque. Um, and here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not bothered by it. I want to preface this. I'm not bothered by this kind of attention. But I just, it's one of those things where like my inbox gets inundated enough. Um, I get a lot of attention from like people looking for bears. And and oh, so true. so like every day I log on to Instagram, I've got like three or four message notifications of like you know so and so Prince Daddy wants to message you, <laughs> and I'm just like nope. <laughs> it's like and oh that's like, a sorry, big Prince blurred Daddy, box. Like my... yeah, I, I can't help you, but like I appreciate the support, baby. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm like, if you want to follow my shit, that's fine. But like, don't, don't talk to me, please. Not like that. <laughs> you gotta send them a link to the uh, Pro Wrestling Tees website and be like, well, if you want to support, uh, if you want to support this bear, bear daddy, go buy a couple t-shirts or just like or sell your just used underwear. To his OnlyFans. Yeah. 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 See, I gotta get in that used underwear game, bro. There's a mm-hmm. market for it. It's like people there pay a lot of money. It really is. It's 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 it'll blow your mind. Yeah, I can't wait till I get over enough to where I can sell a singlet. Oh yeah, sell gear. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why anybody would want it. Somebody would legitimately want it to like just fucking you know frame on their wall. That would be yeah. nice, but yeah. I think the actual I think the reality of that is is like somebody's just gonna buy it and just like rub it all over themselves. Smell <laughs> <laughs> the crotch like, or whatever. Wear it to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what I wrote? Like people gotta pay the electric bill. That's we got to right. pay yeah. bills up in here. And okay. While we're while we're on the topic of like weird things that people wrestlers do for money. Um, and again, no shame whatsoever. It's completely viable if there's a market for it make the content get your money but i've never understood custom match wrestling like because like and, and let me reference this uh we were talking about like how you perceive yourself when you wear your wrestling gear uh i have a friend who does derby she's a roller derby girl mm-hmm. and she was talking to me like yeah you know every time i put on my skates and my knee pads and my jersey i just I feel so powerful. I feel so sexy. Don't you feel sexy when you put your shit on? Like your wrestling gear? And I was like, oh, God, no. And then she's like, oh, like, do you feel self-conscious? I'm like, no, I feel great. This is exactly what I want to look like. It's just one of those things where it's like I become like an asexual being when I get in the wrestling ring because I'm like, you know, I'm like grabbing dudes' balls and like rubbing up on everybody. And I'm just like, it just like, like, you know, sex doesn't exist for that 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, what am I talking about? Like that five to six minutes. Um, <laughs> and uh, so like the idea of like watching a wrestling match that is designed to be sexual is like, I, I, who's jerking off to this? What is so, happening? <laughs> so like I um, probably have done the most custom matches out of this, uh, out of this chat here. Um, and it's not always necessarily designed to be sexual. It's just some people who order customs get sexual gratification out of like, because I've done customs in like normal wrestling gear that were just like a normal match that they just wanted like specific moves in and they wanted a specific story told. So I've done those and I've also done others where they've requested I wear a pink singlet uh, and we do a lot of hair pulling. Like that's 
you know, there's, uh, there's nothing, um, I won't do anything that I'm uncomfortable with and I won't wear anything that I'm uncomfortable with, um, in customs. Like if I'm not comfortable with my mother seeing it, then I'm not going to do it on camera. Um, but it's not always like the match itself isn't necessarily sexual. Um, there's definitely, uh, lines that it tow that some of them do tow very uh very close to like um sometimes they're like okay and at this point you're gonna take your wrist tape off and choke her with it and and, and I'm like oh am I gonna do that though I kind of don't want to do that so those are my or seven cents on yeah. customs. I gotta pay the bills, man. No, no shame. Listen, no, no shame. What you do to make no shame. I don't listen. Like, yeah. You could, you could get really fucking weird. You could get fucking like creepy fucking weird with it. As long as like you consented to it and you de- got your money, that's all I fucking care about. I'm just literally like it. Just literally doesn't compute in my brain. Yeah, that no, means... I don't, I don't get it either. But like, if they, but pay for it but that being said when are we going to see the biracial bay uh getting in on that custom money uh well you know (laughs) funny 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 enough like we we have had these these opportunities if we if we were willing to pursue them like big time like we could have absolutely been a part of some in our area uh it's just not something that's been in the cards where it's felt like a necessity yet um and i don't know if it will ever be but hey you never know where this road is hopefully not hopefully not um, but like don't don't get me wrong it's not it's not something that i'm necessarily opposed to but it's it's i I don't know it it has to be the right kind of the money would have to be right the money yeah it would have to be legit operation money talks like and i've i've seen i've seen like some operations where you know they're pretty they're pretty legit like it's surprise surprisingly enough like full-on like specific scripts and shit like down to the letter and like i've I've read some of these scripts and it's it 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 blows my mind how deep some of these people are like want you to delve into this shit just oh yeah like for it to be exactly what they want but you know at the end of the day they're the they're the person that's paying for it and you know at the end of the day we're still we're entertainers and yeah. you know it's just you know what audience you're entertaining so i mean so again, all it's, i heard it's, it's always that it comes down to the discretion of the person so all i heard was get that money get that money baby get, get that. that money baby yes <laughs> stay i'm still your baby girl <laughs> check your account baby girl <laughs> I got twelve hundred dollars uh, in there for you. Oh my god! So, um, as we're kind of wrapping up, um, what are some things you guys are kind of looking forward to as we hopefully don't go careening into a total apocalypse, but actually uh, seem to um, maybe get towards the ending stages of this uh, whole uh, pandemic. What are some things you guys are looking forward to that you possibly see down the pipeline? Things you want to do this year? What's left of this year uh, with wrestling? I don't know. Like, I, it's hard to have anything really specific because, like, once things kick back up and get going again, it's like 
where are we really going to be at? And I don't, I, I feel like it's hard to plan for anything. So like, I just want to come back when the time's right. I want to come back fresh and like ready to go and just try to be on the level that we were on when everything happened and everything shut down, you know? And I feel like we were really like making some strides at the, like the first three months of this year and it just, it snubbed out like a fire. So just trying to get back to that really and just getting on the right track. You know? I mean, if if everything if everything comes together, you know, as as we would like it to, I mean, we were we were really making great strides in Canada, um, like I think I think I think getting back down to the southern states is is was always a goal. But I mean, just being places that we haven't been yet, I think has from the jump always been one of our one of the most important things to us and just having the opportunity to do it um, realistically is, is something that we're just really hoping will still be there when we all get the chance to come back when everything's normal again. So, I mean, I guess it's, it's a shared sentiment, you know, from us to everybody is just like Danny said, just being able to come back to exactly where we were before everything got crazy just kind of pick up where you left off yeah hit the ground running yeah i think i think everyone's got a similar mindset i know i definitely have that mindset um chelsea's been living with me so she's been seeing like the uh you've been living with me (laughs) well i meant like you like yeah obviously i live in your space but you've been in my vicinity um so like uh she's been seeing like the sketches and the artwork and the promo videos. And like, I've been telling her all my ideas of like, this is what I'm going to do when I come back. This is what we're going to do when we come back. This is what like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, all these ideas that are kind of just bubbling. So like, I, and so yeah, I, I relate to you guys in that regard of like, just wanting to hit the ground running. And, uh, I have the, I have nothing but confidence that you guys are going to be perfectly fine. Um, there's a lot of hype on you guys as this year was starting. I was super excited that I was able to book you guys for the mania show we were putting together um, before I fell apart. <laughs> um, I hear you're so, pretty popular on this podcast called Demon Road Diaries. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you guys will be perfectly fine. You guys are super talented and... Um, you know, and are just only building yourself more clout in this downtime. Um, Appreciate so, that, man. Yeah, anything definitely. Anything for clout, baby. Always oh, anything, anything for the clout. <laughs> get that clout, baby. Oh, uh, fuck. But uh, before we get out of here, uh, shout out your socials, guys. Anything you guys are working on. I know Danger Kid, you're uh, doing design work. Danger Kid here, Danny, designed our Coco Coda shirt, which I was super happy with. Um, very badass. That's fun yeah. to do. I want to do more cool stuff. So hit me up. Ooh, well then I'm... I'll hit you up in a little bit because I got some ideas. Cool. Let's talk. And they're really uh, stupid. For everyone <laughs> yeah. else, I am on Instagram and Twitter. They're both at I am the Danger Kid. All my stuff is uh, at He is Agro. So been trying to do that across the board lately on social media just so I can be found in the on all platforms. Baseline. And uh, where can you find all the Mainstay Posse stuff? 
at Main State Posse on everything. That's that that goes for our pro wrestling thieves, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook. You can find us on and all of those platforms at Main State Posse. Break this down for everybody listening because everybody always fucks it up. It's Maine, as in the state. The state. <laughs> an e on the end of it, and then the second word is state, not street. State, as in like the uh, state of like Maine. Maine, and then posse, like a group of dudes. Ah, uh, like insane clowns. So yeah. yeah, everybody fucks it up all the fucking time, and uh, yeah. so yeah, if you're trying anyway. to find us, those are the things you need to type in. Damn right, damn right. <laughs> we're 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 constantly uh, uh, working to pump out new content for everybody. Uh, we will be putting out some new stuff uh, soonly, and we hope everybody enjoys it. Awesome, awesome. I do have one quick question that just occurred to me. I managed to avoid this joke the whole podcast. Um, if given the opportunity. How stoked would you guys be for a match with the Main Street Posse? <laughs> Actually, very stoked. Uh, more, more, I, more stoked than you you would believe. I tried to get it booked once, and it didn't quite pan out. But just Joey Abs is too expensive. <laughs> uh, I think we had a connect, like a contact with Pete Gas. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Gas has the most underrated finisher in all of pro wrestling. I want to see more people hitting the gas mask. <laughs> I can't even remember what it is. Honestly. Yeah, I can't. He, uh, okay, I don't, this is great, uh, great content for an audio podcast. But uh, basically, <laughs> he would face a dude and he would like take his arms and go under his arm. Like he would put his arms under the dude's armpits and wrap. So you need long arms to do this. Under the armpits, around the sh- up, up over the traps, and then he would wrap his hands over the dude's face. Oh yes! And so then that looks like a gas mask, and then he would pick him up and then sit out like uh, back bump, like so basically a- like a baldo bomb. That's no cool. shit. Yeah, and I was like, I want to see like Jake something hit that. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking this up like <laughs> after we we finish. <laughs> um but yeah uh awesome thank you so much for coming on guys it's been a delight hopefully when this is all over you'll be one of the first people we can stand across the ring from i don't care where i gotta do it i'll fucking drive i'll drive anywhere fucking make it happen doing that i'm more like we when we started this podcast it was because we're we were always on the fucking road that's why it's called demon road diaries so like the whole idea initially was that we were gonna pop mics in the car and just fucking talk and like whoever was riding with us would just be the guests on the show that week or whatever or we would like interview someone who was at the show we were working at yeah so like something while we were on the road but clearly that's not a thing right now so like don't do the road right now so like the last six episodes have been demon home diaries in a weird sense so getting back on the road is like the legitimate goal um you know whenever we both are like all right, I think I think now is the time we do this thing, because like I feel like there's gonna be so many variables in the future where we're gonna be like, all right, are you ready to wrestle? It's like midsummer, yeah, but where? Because the idea that like you go to like Alabama or something 
And those people haven't been taking care of themselves where they had just gotten this like virus or whatever. It finally made its way to there. Like, then what's the chances I'm going to get sick being there? Like, I think it's going to be this point where we're going to all be like, all right. um, So metropolitan areas, like legitimate, like big cities. Yeah, we'll wrestle there starting this time and like smaller areas after this time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think like it's going to be such a trial case by case basis for wrestling that like it's going to be a really weird thing. Like we were talking earlier this um, earlier a couple weeks back and I was like, personally, like I've kind of made peace that we may not be able to wrestle until 2021. But now I'm like, if we can just wrestle by Halloween, like that would be good enough. If we can just if we could just have fest. If we can take fest. And fuck if that's literally the first match back, like we're on the We Are Family show and if they tell me, Hey, it's you and Mainstay Posse, go fucking kill it. I'm like, yeah. kill it. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna murder it. Murder right? it. I'm gonna murder Shit. it. I'm gonna raise it from the dead and I'm gonna kill it again. I'm gonna kill its whole fucking family. Ugh, sorry. Okay. I got a little got a little weird there. Okay, just right. hit the socials. Alright, so you can follow Demon Road Diaries on Instagram or Facebook by simply searching Demon Road Diaries. You can follow the coda at We Are the Coda on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, and at Pro Wrestling Tees, where you can get multiple new shirts including the wrestling buddies t-shirt that i boredly designed while i was falling asleep the other day um other than that uh you can find me on twitter at music city kg and on instagram at music city messiah and you can and you can find me the uh, bastard son ronnie rios on instagram and twitter at bastard son rios and uh don't add me on facebook we've been over this (laughs) You can find me on Instagram at Durden Says, on Twitter at The Durden Says, and ProWrestlingTees.com slash Chelsea Durden for both of the shirt designs that I have currently. Also, leave my mother alone on Instagram. We've been over. She's very sensitive. She, she follows me on, on Instagram, and then she's like, why, why did somebody call you a... What's a... a how, how do you pronounce like D-Y-K? I'm like, mom, just don't, don't look at the comments. Stay out of the comments. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, and Thanks yeah. For Thanks for having us, fellas. Yeah, dude. It yeah. was a fucking blast. That was awesome. I really loved just sitting and talking wrestling with people. What's up, guys? Thanks for sticking around after the episode. Um, trying to pay a little couple of bills here other than our pro wrestling tees. I own a company called La Barba Cubano. It's a small batch beard care company uh, based here in Florida. And um, we just dropped a brand new scent called Dark Arts. It's very woodsy. It's got pine needle and cedar wood along with a backing of 
lavender and cinnamon. So it's real cool. In my opinion, it smells like walking into a haunted forest. So if you wanna try some beard oils for either your beard or some beard that you love, head to Instagram, add Labarba Cubano, L-A-B-A-R-B-A-C-U-B-A-N-O. On Instagram, head to our bio. You can find a link to our Etsy site where you can buy multiple different scents like our classic Carlos, our new Manuel, our Cafe Coffee Beard Oil, and the new one, Dark Arts, that just came out this week. If you uh, find something you like when you get to the checkout, type in Demon Daddies in all caps, and you'll save yourself 13% on your order. Um, once again, it's called La Barba Cubano, and you can just pull the link right off of our Instagram. Thanks for listening to the show and we'll see you next time.